Chapter One of The Surgeon's Daughter by Sir Walter Scott. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Dion Gines, Salt Lake City, Utah. Chapter the First When fainting nature called for aid, and hovering death prepared the blow, his vigorous remedy displayed the power of art without the show in misery's darkest caverns known his useful care was ever nigh where hopeless anguish poured his groan and lonely want retired to die no summons mocked by cold delay no petty gains disclaimed by pride the modest wants of every day the toil of every day supplied samuel johnson the exquisitely beautiful portrait which the rambler has painted of his friend levitt well describes gideon gray and many other village doctors from whom scotland reaps more benefit and to whom she is perhaps more ungrateful than to any other class of men excepting her schoolmasters such a rural man of medicine is usually the inhabitant of some pretty borough or village which forms the central point of his practice but besides attending to such cases as the village may afford he is day and night at the service of every one who may command his assistance within a circle of forty miles in diameter untraversed by roads in many directions and including moors mountains rivers and lakes for late and dangerous journeys through an inaccessible country for services of the most essential kind rendered at the expense or risk at least of his own health and life the scottish village doctor receives at best a very moderate recompense often one which is totally inadequate and very frequently none whatever he has none of the ample resources proper to the brothers of the profession in an english town the burgesses of a scottish borough are rendered by their limited means of luxury inaccessible to gout surfeits and all the comfortable chronic diseases which are attendant on wealth and indolence four years or so of abstemiousness enable them to stand an election dinner and there is no hope of broken heads among a score or two of quiet electors who settle the business over a table there the mothers of the state never make a point of pouring in the course of every revolving year a certain quantity of doctor's stuff through the bowels of their beloved children every old woman from the town head to the town fit can prescribe a dose of salts or spread a plaster and it is only when a fever or a palsy renders matters serious that the assistance of the doctor is invoked by his neighbours in the borough but still 
the man of science cannot complain of inactivity or want of practice if he does not find patients at his door he seeks them through a wide circle like the ghostly lover of burger's leonora he mounts at midnight and traverses in darkness paths which to those less accustomed to them seem formidable in daylight through straits where the slightest aberration would plunge him into a morass or throw him over a precipice on to cabins which his horse might ride over without knowing they lay in his way unless he happened to fall through the roofs when he arrives at such a stately termination of his journey where his services are required either to bring a wretch into the world or prevent one from leaving it the scene of misery is often such that far from touching the hard-saved shillings which are gratefully offered to him he bestows his medicines as well as his attendants for charity i have heard the celebrated traveller mungo park who had experienced both courses of life rather give the preference to travelling as a discoverer in africa than to wandering by night and day in the wilds of his native land in the capacity of a country medical practitioner he mentioned having once upon a time rode forty miles sat up all night and successfully assisted a woman under influence of the primitive curse for which his sole remuneration was a roasted potato and a draught of buttermilk but his was not the heart which grudged the labour that relieved human misery in short there is no creature in scotland that works harder and is more poorly requited than the country doctor unless perhaps it may be his horse yet the horse is and indeed must be hardy active and indefatigable in spite of a rough coat and indifferent condition and so you will often find in his master under an unpromising and blunt exterior professional skill and enthusiasm intelligence humanity courage and science mr gideon gray surgeon in the village of middlemass situated in one of the midland counties of scotland led the rough active and ill-rewarded course of life which we have endeavoured to describe he was a man between forty and fifty devoted to his profession and of such reputation in the medical world that he had been more than once as opportunities occurred advised to exchange middlemas and its meagre circle of practice for some of the larger towns in scotland or for edinburgh itself this advice he had always declined he was a plain blunt man who did not love restraint and was unwilling to subject himself to that which was exacted in polite society he had not himself found out nor had any friend hinted to him that a slight touch of the cynic in manner and habits gives the physician to the common eye an air of authority which greatly tends to enlarge his reputation mr gray or as the country people call him dr gray 
he might hold the title by diploma for what i know though he only claimed the rank of master of arts had few wants and these were amply supplied by a professional income which generally approached two hundred pounds a year for which upon an average he travelled about five thousand miles on horseback in the course of the twelve months nay so liberally did this revenue support himself and his ponies called pestle and mortar which he exercised alternately that he took a damsel to share it jean watson namely the cherry-cheeked daughter of an honest farmer who being herself one of twelve children who had been brought up on an income of fourscore pounds a year never thought there could be poverty in more than double the sum and looked on gray though now termed by irreverent youth the old doctor as a very advantageous match for several years they had no children and it seemed as if dr gray who had so often assisted the efforts of the goddess lucina was never to invoke her in his own behalf yet his domestic roof was on a remarkable occasion decreed to be the scene where the goddess's art was required late of an autumn evening three old women might be observed plying their aged limbs through the single street of the village at middlemass towards the honoured door which fenced off from the vulgar causeway was defended by a broken paling enclosing two slips of ground half arable half overrun with an abortive attempt at shrubbery the door itself was blazoned with the name of gideon gray m a surgeon etc etc some of the idle young fellows who had been a minute or two before loitering at the other end of the street before the door of the alehouse for the pretended inn deserved no better name now accompanied the old dames with shouts of laughter excited by their unwonted agility and with bets on the winner as loudly expressed as if they had been laid at the starting-post of middlemass races half a mutchkin on lucky simpson old peg tamson against the field more speed allison jopp ye'll take the wind out of them yet canny against the hill lasses or we may have a burstern old earline among ye these and a thousand such jibes rent the air without being noticed or even heard by the anxious racers whose object of contention seemed to be which should first reach the doctor's door guide us doctor what can be the matter now said mrs gray whose character was that of a good-natured simpleton here's peg tamson jean simpson and allison jopp running a race on the high street of the burg the doctor who had but the moment before hung his wet greatcoat before the fire for he was just dismounted from a long journey hastened downstairs arguing some new occasion for his services and happy that from the character of the messengers 
it was likely to be within burg and not landward he had just reached the door as lucky simpson one of the racers arrived in the little area before it she had got the start and kept it but at the expense for the time of her power of utterance for when she came in presence of the doctor she stood blowing like a grampus her loose toy flying back from her face making the most violent effort to speak but without the power of uttering a single intelligible word peg thompson whipped in before her the lady sir the lady instant help instant help screeched rather than uttered alison jopp while lucky simpson who had certainly won the race found words to claim the prize which had set them all in motion and i hope sir you will recommend me to be the sick nurse i was here to bring you the tidings long before any of those lazy queens loud were the counter-protestations of the two competitors and loud the laugh of the idle loons who listened at a little distance hold your tongue ye flighting fools said the doctor and you ye idle rascals if i come out among you so saying he smacked his long-lashed whip with great emphasis producing much the effect of the celebrated quos ego of neptune in the first aeneid and now said the doctor where or who is this lady the question was scarce necessary for a plain carriage with four horses came at a foot's pace towards the door of the doctor's house and the old women now more at their ease gave the doctor to understand that the gentleman thought the accommodation of the swan inn totally unfit for his lady's rank and condition and had by their advice each claiming the merit of the suggestion brought her here to experience the hospitality of the west room a spare apartment in which dr gray occasionally accommodated such patients as he desired to keep for a space of time under his own eye there were two persons only in the vehicle the one a gentleman in a riding-dress sprung out and having received from the doctor an assurance that the lady would receive tolerable accommodation in his house he lent assistance to his companion to leave the carriage and with great apparent satisfaction saw her safely deposited in a decent sleeping apartment and under the respectable charge of the doctor and his lady who assured him once more of every species of attention to bind their promise more firmly the stranger slipped a purse of twenty guineas for this story chanced in the golden age into the hand of the doctor as an earnest of the most liberal recompense and requested he would spare no expense in providing all that was necessary or desirable for a person in the lady's condition and for the helpless being to whom she might immediately be expected to give birth he then said he would retire to the inn where he begged a message might instantly acquaint him with the expected change in the lady's situation 
she is of rank he said and a foreigner let no expense be spared we designed to have reached edinburgh but were forced to turn off the road by an accident once more he said let no expense be spared and manage that she may travel as soon as possible that said the doctor is past my control nature must not be hurried and she avenges herself of every attempt to do so but art said the stranger can do much and he proffered a second purse which seemed as heavy as the first art said the doctor may be recompensed but cannot be purchased you have already paid me more than enough to take the utmost care i can of your lady should i accept more money it could only be for promising by implication at least what is beyond my power to perform every possible care shall be taken of your lady and that affords the best chance of her being speedily able to travel now go you to the inn sir for i may be instantly wanted and we have not yet provided either an attendant for the lady or a nurse for the child but both shall be presently done yet a moment doctor what languages do you understand latin and french i can speak indifferently and so as to be understood and i read a little italian but no portuguese or spanish continued the stranger no sir that is unlucky but you may make her understand you by means of french take notice you are to comply with her request in everything if you want means to do so you may apply to me may i ask sir by what name the lady is to be it is totally indifferent said the stranger interrupting the question you shall know it at more leisure so saying he threw his ample cloak about him turning himself half round to assist the operation with an air which the doctor would have found it difficult to imitate and walked down the street to the little inn here he paid and dismissed the postilions and shut himself up in an apartment ordering no one to be admitted till the doctor should call the doctor when he returned to his patient's apartment found his wife in great surprise which as is usual with persons of her character was not unmixed with fear and anxiety she cannot speak a word like a christian being said mrs gray i know it said the doctor but she threeps to keep on a black fawz face and skirls if we offer to take it away well then let her wear it what harm will it do harm doctor was ever honest woman brought to bed with a fawz face on seldom perhaps but jean my dear those who are not quite honest must be brought to bed all the same as those who are and we are not to endanger the poor thing's life by contradicting her whims at present approaching the sick woman's bed he observed that she indeed 
wore a thin silk mask of the kind which do such uncommon service in the elder comedy such as women of rank still wore in travelling but certainly never in the situation of this poor lady it would seem she had sustained importunity on the subject for when she saw the doctor she put her hand to her face as if she was afraid he would insist on pulling off the vizard he hastened to say in tolerable french that her will should be a law to them in every respect and that she was at perfect liberty to wear the mask till it was her pleasure to lay it aside she understood him for she replied by a very imperfect attempt in the same language to express her gratitude for the permission as she seemed to regard it of retaining her disguise the doctor proceeded to other arrangements and for the satisfaction of those readers who may love minute information we record that lucky simpson the first in the race carried as a prize the situation of sick-nurse beside the delicate patient that peg thompson was permitted the privilege of recommending her good daughter bet jameson to be wet-nurse and an oi or grandchild of lucky job was hired to assist in the increased drudgery of the family the doctor thus like a practised minister divided among his trusty adherents such good things as fortune placed at his disposal about one in the morning the doctor made his appearance at the swan inn and acquainted the stranger gentleman that he wished him joy of being the father of a healthy boy and that the mother was in the usual phrase as well as could be expected the stranger heard the news with seeming satisfaction and then exclaimed he must be christened doctor he must be christened instantly there can be no hurry for that said the doctor we think otherwise said the stranger cutting his argument short i am a catholic doctor and as i may be obliged to leave this place before the lady is able to travel i desire to see my child received into the pale of the church there is i understand a catholic priest in this wretched place there is a catholic gentleman sir mr goodrich who is reported to be in orders i commend your caution doctor said the stranger it is dangerous to be too positive on any subject i will bring that same mr goodrich to your house to-morrow gray hesitated for a moment i am a presbyterian protestant sir he said a friend to the constitution as established in church and state as i have a good right having drawn his majesty's pay god bless him for four years as surgeon's mate in the cameronian regiment as my regimental bible and commission can testify but though i be bound especially to abhor all trafficking or trinketing with papists yet i will not stand in the way of a tender conscience sir you may call with mr goodrich when you please at my house and undoubtedly you being as i suppose the father of the child you will arrange matters as you please only 
i do not desire to be though an abettor or countenancer of any part of the popish ritual enough sir said the stranger haughtily we understand each other the next day he appeared at the doctor's house with mr goodrich and two persons understood to belong to that reverend gentleman's communion the party were shut up in an apartment with the infant and it may be presumed that the solemnity of baptism was administered to the unconscious being thus strangely launched upon the world when the priest and witnesses had retired the strange gentleman informed mr gray that as the lady had been pronounced unfit for travelling for several days he was himself about to leave the neighbourhood but would return thither in the space of ten days when he hoped to find his companion able to leave it and by what name are we to call the child and mother the infant's name is richard but it must have some surname so must the lady she cannot reside in my house yet be without a name call them by the name of your town here middlemass i think it is yes sir well mrs middlemass is the name of the mother and richard middlemass of the child and i am matthew middlemass at your service this he continued will provide mrs middlemass in everything she may wish to possess or assist her in case of accidents with that he placed one hundred pounds in mr gray's hand who rather scrupled receiving it saying he supposed the lady was qualified to be her own purse-bearer the worst in the world i assure you doctor replied the stranger if she wished to change that piece of paper she would scarce know how many guineas she should receive for it no mr gray i assure you you will find mrs middleton middlemass what did i call her as ignorant of the affairs of this world as any one you have met with in your practice so you will please to be her treasurer and administrator for the time as for a patient that is incapable to look after her own affairs this was spoke as it struck dr gray in rather a haughty and supercilious manner the words intimated nothing in themselves more than the same desire of preserving incognito which might be gathered from all the rest of the stranger's conduct but the manner seemed to say i am not a person to be questioned by any one what i say must be received without comment how little soever you may believe or understand it it strengthened gray in his opinion that he had before him a case either of seduction or of private marriage betwixt persons of the very highest rank and the whole bearing both of the lady and the gentleman confirmed his suspicions it was not in his nature to be troublesome or inquisitive but he could not fail to see that the lady wore no marriage-ring and her deep sorrow and perpetual tremor seemed to indicate an unhappy creature who had lost the protection of parents without acquiring a legitimate right to that of a husband 
he was therefore somewhat anxious when mr middlemass after a private conference of some length with the lady bade him farewell it is true he assured him of his return within ten days being the very shortest space which gray could be prevailed upon to assign for any prospect of the lady being moved with safety i trust in heaven that he will return said gray to himself but there is too much mystery about all this for the matter being a plain and well-meaning transaction if he intends to treat this poor thing as many a poor girl has been used before i hope that my house will not be the scene in which he chooses to desert her the leaving the money has somewhat a suspicious aspect and looks as if my friend were in the act of making some compromise with his conscience well i must hope the best meantime my path plainly is to do what i can for the poor lady's benefit mr gray visited his patient shortly after mr middlemas's departure as soon indeed as he could be admitted he found her in violent agitation gray's experience dictated the best mode of relief and tranquillity he caused her infant to be brought to her she wept over it for a long time and the violence of her agitation subsided under the influence of parental feelings which from her appearance of extreme youth she must have experienced for the first time the observant physician could after this paroxysm remark that his patient's mind was chiefly occupied in computing the passage of the time and anticipating the period when the return of her husband if husband he was might be expected she consulted almanacs inquired concerning distances though so cautiously as to make it evident she desired to give no indication of the direction of her companion's journey and repeatedly compared her watch with those of others exercising it was evident all that delusive species of mental arithmetic by which mortals attempt to accelerate the passage of time while they calculate his progress at other times she wept anew over her child which was by all judges pronounced as goodly an infant as needed to be seen and gray sometimes observed that she murmured sentences to the unconscious infant not only the words but the very sound and accents of which were strange to him and which in particular he knew not to be portuguese mr goodrich the catholic priest demanded access to her upon one occasion she at first declined his visit but afterwards received it under the idea perhaps that he might have news from mr middlemass as he called himself the interview was a very short one and the priest left the lady's apartment in displeasure which his prudence could scarce disguise from mr gray he never returned although the lady's condition would have made his attentions and consolations necessary had she been a member of the catholic church our doctor began at length to suspect his fair guest was a jewess who had yielded up her person and affections 
to one of a different religion and the peculiar style of her beautiful countenance went to enforce this opinion the circumstance made no difference to gray who saw only her distress and desolation and endeavoured to remedy both to the utmost of his power he was however desirous to conceal it from his wife and the others around the sick person whose prudence and liberality of thinking might be more justly doubted he therefore so regulated her diet that she could not be either offended or brought under suspicion by any of the articles forbidden by the mosaic law being presented to her in other respects than what concerned her health or convenience he had but little intercourse with her the space passed within which the stranger's return to the borough had been so anxiously expected by his female companion the disappointment occasioned by his non-arrival was manifested in the convalescent by inquietude which was at first mingled with peevishness and afterwards with doubt and fear when two or three days had passed without message or letter of any kind gray himself became anxious both on his own account and the poor ladies lest the stranger should have actually entertained the idea of deserting this defenceless and probably injured woman he longed to have some communication with her which might enable him to judge what enquiries could be made or what else was most fitting to be done but so imperfect was the poor young woman's knowledge of the french language and perhaps so unwilling she herself to throw any light on her situation that every attempt of this kind proved abortive when gray asked questions concerning any subject which appeared to approach to explanation he observed she usually answered him by shaking her head in token of not understanding what he said at other times by silence and with tears and sometimes referring him to monsieur for monsieur's arrival then gray began to become very impatient as that which alone could put an end to a disagreeable species of mystery which the good company of the borough began now to make the principal subject of their gossip some blaming gray for taking foreign landloopers into his house on the subject of whose morals the most serious doubts might be entertained others envying the bonny hand the doctor was like to make of it by having disposal of the wealthy stranger's travelling funds a circumstance which could not be well concealed from the public when the honest man's expenditure for trifling articles of luxury came far to exceed its ordinary bounds the conscious probity of the honest doctor enabled him to despise this sort of tittle-tattle though the secret knowledge of its existence could not be agreeable to him he went his usual rounds with his usual perseverance and waited with patience until time should throw light on the subject and history of his lodger it was now the fourth week after her confinement and the recovery of the stranger might be considered as perfect 
when gray returning from one of his ten-mile visits saw a post-chaise and four horses at the door this man has returned he said and my suspicions have done him less than justice with that he spurred his horse a signal which the trusty steed obeyed the more readily as its progress was in the direction of the stable door but when dismounting the doctor hurried into his own house it seemed to him that the departure as well as the arrival of this distressed lady was destined to bring confusion to his peaceful dwelling several idlers had assembled about his door and two or three had impudently thrust themselves forward almost into the passage to listen to a confused altercation which was heard from within the doctor hastened forward the foremost of the intruders retreating in confusion on his approach while he caught the tones of his wife's voice raised to a pitch which he knew by experience boded no good for mrs gray good-humoured and tractable in general could sometimes perform the high part in a matrimonial duet having much more confidence in his wife's good intentions than her prudence he lost no time in pushing into the parlour to take the matter into his own hands here he found his helpmate at the head of the whole militia of the sick lady's apartment that is wet nurse and sick nurse and girl of all work engaged in violent dispute with two strangers the one was a dark-featured elderly man with an eye of much sharpness and severity of expression which now seemed partly quenched by a mixture of grief and mortification the other who appeared actively sustaining the dispute with mrs gray was a stout bold-looking hard-faced person armed with pistols of which he made rather an unnecessary and ostentatious display here is my husband sir said mrs gray in a tone of triumph for she had the grace to believe the doctor one of the greatest men living here is the doctor let us see what you will say now why just what i said before ma'am answered the man which is that my warrant must be obeyed it is regular ma'am regular so saying he struck the forefinger of his right hand against a paper which he held towards mrs gray with his left address yourself to me if you please sir said the doctor seeing that he ought to lose no time in removing the cause into the proper court i am the master of this house sir and i wish to know the cause of this visit my business is soon told said the man i am a king's messenger and this lady has treated me as if i was a baron bailey's officer that is not the question sir replied the doctor if you are a king's messenger where is your warrant and what do you propose to do here at the same time he whispered the little wench to call mr lawford the town clerk to come thither as fast as he possibly could the good daughter of peg thompson started off with an activity worthy of her mother-in-law 
there is my warrant said the official and you may satisfy yourself the shameless loon dare not tell the doctor his errand said mrs gray exultingly a bonny errand it is said old lucky simpson to carry away a lying-in woman as a gled would do a clocking-hen a woman no a month delivered echoed the nurse jameson twenty-four days eight hours and seven minutes to a second said mrs gray the doctor having looked over the warrant which was regular began to be afraid that the females of his family in their zeal for defending the character of their sex might be stirred up into some sudden fit of mutiny and therefore commanded them to be silent this he said is a warrant for arresting the bodies of richard tresham and of zilia de moncada on account of high treason sir i have served his majesty and this is not a house in which traitors are harboured i know nothing of any of these two persons nor have i ever heard even their names but the lady whom you have received into your family said the messenger is zilia de moncada and here stands her father matthias de moncada who will make oath to it if this be true said mr gray looking towards the alleged officer you have taken a singular duty on you it is neither my habit to deny my own actions nor to oppose the laws of the land there is a lady in this house slowly recovering from confinement having become under this roof the mother of a healthy child if she be the person described in this warrant and this gentleman's daughter i must surrender her to the laws of the country here the esculapian militia were once more in motion surrender dr gray it's a shame to hear you speak and you that lives by women and weans abon your other means so exclaimed his fair better part i wonder to hear the doctor said the younger nurse there's no a wife in the town would believe it of him i i thought the doctor was a man till this moment said lucky simpson but i believe him now to be an old wife little balder than myself and i dinna wonder that poor mrs gray hold your peace you foolish woman said the doctor do you think this business is not bad enough already that you are making it worse with your senseless claver gentlemen this is a very sad case here is a warrant for a high crime against a poor creature who is little fit to be removed from one house to another much more dragged to a prison i tell you plainly that i think the execution of this arrest may cause her death it is your business sir if you be really her father to consider what you can do to soften this matter rather than drive it on better death than dishonour replied the stern-looking old man with a voice as harsh as his aspect and you messenger he continued look what you do and execute the warrant at your peril you hear said the man appealing to the doctor himself i must have immediate access to the lady 
in a lucky time said mr gray here comes the town clerk you are very welcome mr lawford your opinion here is much wanted as a man of law as well as of sense and humanity i was never more glad to see you in all my life he then rapidly stated the case and the messenger understanding the newcomer to be a man of some authority again exhibited his warrant this is a very sufficient and valid warrant dr gray replied the man of law nevertheless if you are disposed to make oath that instant removal would be unfavourable to the lady's health unquestionably she must remain here suitably guarded it is not so much the mere act of locomotion which i am afraid of said the surgeon but i am free to depone on soul and conscience that the shame and fear of her father's anger and the sense of the affront of such an arrest with terror for its consequences may occasion violent and dangerous illness even death itself the father must see the daughter though they may have quarrelled said mr lawford the officer of justice must execute his warrant though it should frighten the criminal to death these evils are only contingent not direct and immediate consequences you must give up the lady mr gray though your hesitation is very natural at least mr lawford i ought to be certain that the person in my house is the party they search for admit me to her apartment replied the man whom the messenger termed moncada the messenger whom the presence of lawford had made something more placid began to become impudent once more he hoped he said by means of his female prisoner to acquire the information necessary to apprehend the more guilty person if more delays were thrown in his way that information might come too late and he would make all who were accessory to such delay responsible for the consequences and i said mr gray though i were to be brought to the gallows for it protest that this course may be the murder of my patient can bail not be taken mr lawford not in cases of high treason said the official person and then continued in a confidential tone come mr gray we all know you to be a person well affected to our royal sovereign king george and the government but you must not push this too far lest you bring yourself into trouble which everybody in middlemass would be sorry for the forty-five has not been so far gone by but we can remember enough of warrants of high treason ay and ladies of quality committed upon such charges but they were all favourably dealt with lady ogilvy lady mackintosh flora macdonald and all no doubt this gentleman knows what he is doing and has assurances of the young lady's safety so you must joke and let the jaw go by as we say follow me then gentlemen said gideon and you shall see the young lady and then his strong features working with emotion at anticipation of the distress which he was about to inflict 
he led the way up the small staircase and opening the door said to moncada who had followed him this is your daughter's only place of refuge in which i am alas too weak to be her protector enter sir if your conscience will permit you the stranger turned on him a scowl into which it seemed as if he would willingly have thrown the power of the fabled basilisk then stepping proudly forward he stalked into the room he was followed by lawford and gray at a little distance the messenger remained in the doorway the unhappy young woman had heard the disturbance and guessed the cause too truly it is possible she might even have seen the strangers on their descent from the carriage when they entered the room she was on her knees beside an easy chair her face in a silk wrapper that was hung over it the man called moncada uttered a single word by the accent it might have been something equivalent to wretch but none knew its import the female gave a convulsive shudder such as that by which a half-dying soldier is affected on receiving a second wound but without minding her emotion moncada seized her by the arm and with little gentleness raised her to her feet on which she seemed to stand only because she was supported by his strong grasp then he pulled from her face the mask which she had hitherto worn the poor creature still endeavoured to shroud her face by covering it with her left hand as the manner in which she was held prevented her from using the aid of the right with little effort her father secured that hand also which indeed was of itself far too little to serve the purpose of concealment and showed her beautiful face burning with blushes and covered with tears you alcod and you surgeon he said to lawford and gray with a foreign action and accent this woman is my daughter the same zilia moncada who is signalled in that protocol make way and let me carry her where her crimes may be atoned for are you that person's daughter said lawford to the lady she understands no english said gray and addressing his patient in french conjured her to let him know whether she was that man's daughter or not assuring her of protection if the fact were otherwise the answer was murmured faintly but was too distinctly intelligible he was her father all farther title of interference seemed now ended the messenger arrested his prisoner and with some delicacy required the assistance of the females to get her conveyed to the carriage in waiting gray again interfered you will not he said separate the mother and the infant zilia de moncada heard the question which being addressed to the father gray had inconsiderately uttered in french and it seemed as if it recalled to her recollection the existence of the helpless creature to which she had given birth forgotten for a moment amongst the accumulated horrors of her father's presence she uttered a shriek expressing poignant grief and turned her eyes on her father with the most intense supplication 
to the parish with the bastard said moncada while the helpless mother sunk lifeless into the arms of the females who had now gathered round her that will not pass sir said gideon if you are father to that lady you must be grandfather to the helpless child and you must settle in some manner for its future provision or refer us to some responsible person moncada looked towards lawford who expressed himself satisfied of the propriety of what grace said i object not to pay for whatever the wretched child may require said he and if you sir addressing gray choose to take charge of him and breed him up you shall have what will better your living the doctor was about to refuse a charge so uncivilly offered but after a moment's reflection he replied i think so indifferently of the proceedings i have witnessed and of those concerned in them that if the mother desires that i should retain the charge of this child i will not refuse to do so moncada spoke to his daughter who was just beginning to recover from her swoon in the same language in which he had first addressed her the proposition which he made seemed highly acceptable as she started from the arms of the females and advancing to gray seized his hand kissed it bathed it in her tears and seemed reconciled even in parting with her child by the consideration that the infant was to remain under his guardianship good kind man she said in her indifferent french you have saved both mother and child the father meanwhile with mercantile deliberation placed in mr lawford's hands notes and bills to the amount of a thousand pounds which he stated was to be vested for the child's use and advanced in such portions as his board and education might require in the event of any correspondence on his account being necessary as in case of death or the like he directed that communication should be made to signor matthias moncada under cover to a certain banking-house in london but beware he said to gray how you trouble me about these concerns unless in case of absolute necessity you need not fear it sir replied gray i have seen nothing to-day which can induce me to desire a more intimate correspondence with you than may be indispensable while lawford drew up a proper minute of this transaction by which he himself and gray were named trustees for the child mr gray attempted to restore to the lady the balance of the considerable sum of money which tresham if such was his real name had formerly deposited with him with every species of gesture by which hands eyes and even feet could express rejection as well as in her own broken french she repelled the reimbursement while she entreated that gray would consider the money as his own property and at the same time forced upon him a ring set with brilliants which seemed of considerable value the father then spoke to her a few stern words which she heard with an air of mingled agony and submission 
i have given her a few minutes to see and weep over the miserable being which has been the seal of her dishonour said the stern father let us retire and leave her alone you to the messenger watch the door of the room on the outside gray lawford and moncada retired to the parlour accordingly where they waited in silence each busied with his own reflections till within the space of half an hour they received information that the lady was ready to depart it is well replied moncada i am glad she has yet sense enough left to submit to that which needs must be so saying he ascended the stair and returned leading down his daughter now again masked and veiled as she passed gray she uttered the words my child my child in a tone of unutterable anguish then entered the carriage which was drawn up as close to the door of the doctor's house as the little enclosure would permit the messenger mounted on a led horse and accompanied by a servant and assistant followed the carriage which drove rapidly off taking the road which leads to edinburgh all who had witnessed this strange scene now departed to make their conjectures and some to count their gains for money had been distributed among the females who had attended on the lady with so much liberality as considerably to reconcile them to the breach of the rights of womanhood inflicted by the precipitate removal of the patient End of chapter the first